Hello and welcome to Victims of the Punt, the mailbag show about New South Wales horse racing. This Saturday's meeting at Randwick is on the lands of the Bidjigal and Gadigal people and we acknowledge them as the traditional owners, pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Now, Victims is brought to you by Australian-owned and operated bookmaker ReadyBets, owned and operated by me, or partly by me anyway, the winner-finding machine that is the mailbag bloodstock and punting form Australia's best racing database. Now, we're going to roll a bit of tape here and I'm sorry to do this to you, Mark, but we might as well relive the agony. Coach, in the midway last week, I think we're all... Were you on it to go? I, I certainly was. Yeah, uh, I was. I know Pistol was very heavily uh, invested in it. Um, what are we saying? Should he have led, Mark? I mean, you can see this thing behind the leader. It's an absolute tragedy. Goes to the line under double wraps. Should he have led? Yeah, well, I, uh, I suppose he had, was having pressure from the outside and he, he thought he'd be... Um, do the right thing to, at the time to take the trail, but like he'd led all the way at Canary and, and pissed him. So, yeah, yeah, look, I mean, it, was it, a, it was a horror watch. Um, when they're trucking up like that and they get beat a length and a half, you yeah, just it, it should, it's, I mean, straight to the Brasco and have a vomit. <laughs> I think it probably would have won by about three. Got a run to be honest. Um, I at the time I was. Critical of the ride. Um, Dicko, you might have noticed Pistol was quite vocal in the group chat about um, about the ride and that he should have led. But when you looked at the data afterwards, that pace was very hot early. And maybe he, at the time it made, made what looked like the right decision because they really were flying. It wasn't a bad effort by the winner because he sat outside lead in, um, in a hot speed and held on. But uh, no doubt. To, to be honest, with um, particularly Shane in our group chat, I chose to, I don't think wisely, to mute it at about midday as I headed to the MCG just in case what happened happened and <laughs> just didn't need him needling me all day long. I only watched one race last week and that was the Golden Rose and it was a bad, it was, it was a not the right thing to do, but I did rage bet Jacques and I. Just, I just did the track rating like we talked about and it said yep. good on the phones. <laughs> about the third quarter, watched it on the phones, only a good result all day. Excellent. The Swan's about 10 goals down or thereabouts at that point. You've uh, pulled something from the wreckage. Yeah, very well found that. That was exactly your point in the previous show last week. You said dry surface, you'd be with Jacono. Good win. Um, I think they've gone pretty well. Maybe not the strongest golden rose we've ever seen. Mark, how did you rate it? Look, uh, he, he looked to me to be too far back on the turn, mm. um, but um, he, he really sprouted wings. Not much of him. First time, I, no, I did see him go and slip a day, but um, yeah, it doesn't look like he'd developed much, but um, he certainly got a good motor and yep. he does add some interest out of the Everest, uh, as uh, we've seen a winner come through that same um, pattern. Um, yep. with yes, yes, yes. So a race that looked maybe over has now probably got a little bit more interest with Jack and I going there. Shades of Rose announced this week. If you had said to me three months ago Shades of Rose would be running in the Everest, um, you would have had them committed. It's, it's a fascinating uh, narrative at the moment in Sydney because the, we're going to look at two of the lowest group ones in my memory on the on, a, on what is a great, like a fantastic day's racing that kicks off a really good sort of three weeks in Sydney. Mm. And the Everest is like... Jack and I is so badly needed to make it like interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I find it fascinating how many, like doing the bloodstock now. There's there's, there's millions of yearlings every year, and we've got like four horses that can sprint. Yeah, that's right. The, the ranks do continually get thinned out by early retirements. That's been going on for a long time. Um, sometimes sales to Hong Kong, although that doesn't seem to have been a 
an issue with the high-profile ones, but it's just a, a question of thinning out of the ranks. So there's just no nothing to replace the older buildings when they um, get older and, and retire. It's uh, and, and that's just in the sprinting ranks. Um, we can't breed anything that runs a mile further, of course, I mean, but that's been going on for 30 years. Anyway. Well, uh, if you look at the Epsom, maybe we can't do much to get a, a mile. No, that, that, that's that's the problem. I mean, yeah, it, sprinting's always been our strong suit, and we can't even produce them. Um, yeah, we're in a bit of strife. But the, the problem with the Epsom now is that they've put on so many pop-up races to stop horses going to Victoria for the carnival that they're now actually starting to splinter horses away from the Group 1s to yeah. go to um, new pop-up races, which are, are worth a lot of money, um, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, five diamonds, the Golden Eagle, Silver Eagle, yeah. And then the big dance is worth $2 million. The big dance is worth more than an Epsom. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's, oh, no, and it's starting to get through, though, Mark. Like J-Max coming out this morning, like I said, and, and criticised it, which is new. Well, it's sad. I grew up going to the races looking at these big handicaps with, with capacity fields and you'd see champion uh, milers like Gunsind and Triton just lining up in Doncasters and Epsom's carrying massive weights. And, and you know, this is what you grew up on and loved about racing and now mm. you you're dishing up 11 horse fields and splintering fields because yeah. Yeah. Of, of this prize money. Um, I don't know what would you call it a war. I don't know what it is. I think yeah, it's a, it's like a it's like a war run by people who don't know how to do war with like, <laughs> unlimited missiles, and all it's going to end up happening is they're going to shoot the shit out of each other. Yeah, but it's like, sad, sad for racing because the best aren't racing the best all the time now, which we used to get, and yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, but once upon a time, spring all the best miles would be targeting the Epsom, uh, maybe the Turak, uh, and then those could, could stretch it out to two thousand at all, be aiming to get a spot in the Cox Plate. You know, Cox Plate's not a you know it's still probably the weight for age championship of the country, but it's not. It doesn't stand out like it used to. There's so many races worth so much money that yeah, it, it's just diluting everything, isn't it? It's just. It's a shame. I mean, it's fine for breeders, and if you've got a good one, there's plenty of chances to uh, race for massive prize money. But in terms of, yeah, just the sport, it's 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 less than ideal, isn't it? But anyway, we do what we can. We move on, and there's still always something to bet on. Um, speaking of which, at ReadyBet this week, um, we have promotions. All how are you handling the NRL Grand Final? We've got a promo on it. Um, I think as we're going to New South Wales, we can't tell you exactly what it is, but um, if you log into your ReadyBet account, download the app, et cetera, et cetera, you'll find Download the app, readybet.com.au. Gamble responsibly, but if you download the app and verify an account, you'll find out about all their promos. That's what you're saying. That's pretty much what I'm saying. We do have a very uh, attractive one on the NRL Grand Final, but I can't tell you exactly what it is. Log in to find out more. So, Dicko, do you want to uh, handle this next very important segment? Mark Sheen's Black Book is brought to you by Mailbag Bloodstock. Where do we kick off this week? Great. Hang on. Do you, want, uh, do you want to just tell us what Mailbag's up to this week, uh, what you've got for us? Uh, we had a horse go poorly-ish yesterday. I don't know what we're going to do with that bloke. Uh, but tonight we've got Pete's paid 25 grand for him, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 25 grand for him, mate. And uh, he won for us first up at Sale, ran fourth for us, second up at Flemington. We've already got our money back and we're going to go around short price. Under three bucks, I reckon, going to be very hard to beat with Craig Williams on board tonight in race four at Mooney Valley. We have one pride horse available at the moment. That's Exeter, uh, who I bought off Danny O'Brien, who, if he didn't train the call side map route one race, other than that, <laughs> couldn't be going worse. Going awfully. So we bought off him, sent to Gav. Uh, there's 10% left in him. If you want to get involved, 
Uh, I reckon it'll be gone by the end of the weekend. Jono at the mailbag.com.au. Uh, let's get into the let's get into the black bookers. Okay, we've got a couple um, from the trials uh, at Ramick on Monday. Two John O'Shea horses. Yeah. So uh, first of them is Comrade Rosa, who's uh, a mare trained by John. She's in um, brown and yellow diagonals with white sleeves. Now comes out of the barrier a little bit slow, and then it's Jag right back there with uh, John's other good mare, Promise of Success. And uh, she races at the back of the field, uh, about seven or eight lengths off the lead. Pace was uh, pretty even in the early stages. But um, what you've got to watch out for here is uh, the ground she makes uh, over the last uh, 100 metres or so when she sees a bit of daylight. So she normally sprints well fresh. She doesn't carry a lot of condition normally. So her first couple of runs in preparation, normally her best, as you can see, still right at the back of the field, just uh, running up uh, a few backsides there, coming to the turn, looking for a bit of a smother. But uh, she will see some daylight um, over the concluding stages. Now it gets to the outside and then switches back to the inside. And at about the 100 metre mark, she'll see a bit more room and then go bang and really make good ground over the concluding stages under a strain. So I think she's going really well at the moment. This was her second trial. She'd be ready to go to the race. So I thought that was a nice effort. What sort of races do you reckon they aim at? Yeah. Oh, well, she's fillies and mares probably to start with. Um, she might be sort of listed company at very best. I wouldn't uh, say she'd be much better than that, but um, probably um, pick up a race or two on a Saturday, maybe aiming for a bit of black top after that. She'll be coming down to Melbourne then, I reckon. Possibly, yeah. He he was like absolutely deadly Dark. last Flemington Carnival. Had... Help me out, Roden. Uh, didn't have many runners, but most of them. Oh, won, didn't they? yeah, they, they ran like runs. enormous figures, and they yeah. were heavily back. Yeah, yeah. Minaj was one of them. Minhaj, was it? Yeah, Minhaj got up the fence there on the up the straight. Yeah, uh, Ben the knee won the fourteen hundred meter race. Um, he had a couple of winners, That's didn't right. he? The grey horse. Maybe that was he's taken Roger Clock down there to win in the past too fresh. Yeah. So um, she trialed quite well recently, also. Anyway, he's got another one here in a later trial. Which is a um, a filly called uh, Black on Beauty. She's in uh, pale green and grey hoops. Now she's only had two starts. She won on debut at Newcastle. Then she uh, went to Canterbury, sat outside the lead, and was beaten by Courier. But Courier was flying at the time, and she uh, tried to match it in the lead with it all the way, and just uh, wasn't uh, mature enough to handle that sort of pressure. But she was put away after that, and here she is uh, trucking up outside the lead, coming to the turn under a stranglehold all the way to the line. This was only a short trial, so I would expect that John would give her another trial, probably over 1,050. So get another look at it before she goes to the races. But um, even though she's only won at Newcastle and a maiden, she certainly looks up to city class, uh, particularly midweek and maybe even on a Saturday. But I think uh, she'll be a lot stronger in this preparation and certainly one to follow. We uh, had a winner last week with economics, few losers on Wednesday, but... Um, those horses that ran on Wednesday, Golden Age, Pungo and Cool Die, I think that was a really hot race, uh, that three-odd race on Wednesday. So I would suggest to keep following them, particularly over a little bit more ground because uh, I think even though they were beaten, they all went pretty well. Yep. Yeah. And we've said before that that Rose Hill Midweeker every year is a pretty strong meeting and that, that maiden was just dynamite, really. They yeah. all, all turned up in the one race. You know, it's a strong meeting when Roberto Scari, who's absolutely airborne, won us an absolute shitload again in uh, September, is talking about the form from that meeting, translating to, like, if he's talking about form, it's good form because he doesn't yes. know anything about form. 
Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, so add those two, Comrade Rosa and Black on Beauty, to your punning form black book or whatever black book uh, you care to use, but punning form is the best. Um, and get the alert when they turn up at the races in the coming weeks. Right now, we'll turn our attention to Saturday, the big Group 1 day, Epsom Metropolitan Day at Randwick. They've moved the rail back out to three metres. And the most important question, Mark, is what is the weather doing? Uh, it was coming in sideways here about a half an hour ago. Right. Um, the track will be heavy. I don't think it'll improve. Uh, they're still cloudy, so you're not going to get any drying weather, I wouldn't think, today at least. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm expecting heavy and inside to be off. I have to agree with that. Uh, Pino above six hasn't been that high for a while, so it's going to be pretty wet even, even if there is a break in the weather. Got a bit lucky with the weather last week. There was a lot of rain forecast late in the week for Rose Hill, but they missed it, which was good, and they ended up in a good four, but um, that luck couldn't hold this week. We're on a wet track again, but at least we know what we're dealing with. Um, so we better have a look at the punning form data for the meeting. There's the track data. That suggests in the three to seven position that on pace is a plus. Now, on pace might be all right tomorrow. Um, I think in the heavy range, uh, even with the rail out three, they will, as Mark said, be getting off the fence. They'll be getting off the fence in the straight for sure. And it just remains to be seen whether um, near the fence and runners any good. It, it can be, but it might not be either. So just uh, keep an eye on that early in the day. Uh, and then we'll have a quick look at the jockey data. Um, I don't think that stood out to me here. That's the both Schofields uh, smashing the market last 100 rides. That was that was interesting. But um, I think <laughs> on days like this, you know, class will rise at the top. So your McDonald's, Bowman's, Except uh, Kay McAvoy, now there's prize money on the table, will obviously be uh, going flat out as well. Um, oh, that's a big call. Well, no, we've been saying this for a long time. He, you'd rather back him in a million-dollar race than on a Wednesday. I mean, he just he gets himself up for the big meetings. He, he does. I'd, probably, I'd rather just not back him. Yeah, well, that's, that's I respect your opinion a lot. Now, if you grab me up a little bit. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, sorry, sorry to do that. Anyway, we've got um, we've got two races to look at in a bit more depth as usual, and we start with race five, the Dulcify Stakes for three-year-olds. I'll give you the ready bet market or the main chances anyway, and it, uh, the market is as follows: number one, Williamsburg, four forty; two, Flag of Honor, four sixty; four, Communist, three fifty. We're top of the market that one, and will remain so. I'm going to make that uh, the favourite we're taking on at Randwick tomorrow. Down to number six, Mark's favourite horse, Conqueror, $8.50. Number eight, Scientist, 10 and longer the rest. Um, Mark, over to you. Well, he's got a tongue tie on uh, Conqueror. I wish I'd had a tongue tie on about six weeks ago and I started backing it. Um, <laughs> and it's got pikey. <laughs> yeah. look, look, I'm going for Williamsburg. I know he's got barrier 14, but that might be the place to be. Um, he's got very good heavy form last time in. He ran a good race uh, last time out. He ran fifth, but um, the other horse in the market here, Flag of Honour, is in the same race. Now, they're almost level here. He's on the extreme outside Williamsburg. Flag of Honour in the tartan with yellow seams. Does finish off a little bit better, but um, there's a massive swing in the weights here of five kilos in favour of Williamsburg, and there's only about a neck between them at the finish there. Admittedly, Williamsburg had had uh, one extra run, whereas... Flag of Honour was first up, but um, I would suggest that that uh, heavy track form that Williamsburg has got uh, through the uh, earlier part of the year will stand him in good stead here because he was handling those heavy 10s and heavy 9s really well. So I think mile suits him, set weight suits him. So if he can come from the back and 
Kieran has switched on here, I think he'd be pretty hard to beat. I uh, I really wanted to back flag of honour wherever it went next start, but everything you said I saw, the weight swing, about the same run, does have the SP over it, but the inside off call that you two both are unanimous about, barrier one, you, that probably stops me wanting a bit. Well, you can watch the first four races and see how the pattern is. Um, look, i got to agree, I think Communist, to my eyes, a little bit under the odds here. I, I, I think the top two of the... The two to beast, Owen County probably comes in um, if it's a bog to some extent. But, um, yeah, I think the top two are the class runners. Yeah, we, Williamsburg won uh, at that Rose Hill meeting that was called off after two or something. It was He, won, he won the Bayou in a bog and then he won yeah. the Fernhill and yeah. then he ran third to Fireburn and Cheese Extreme. So he, he was getting through those really heavy tracks well. Yeah, it looks the form uh, on wet tracks uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, com- well, Communist is visually... Okay, I thought at Newcastle, but that was a that was not a race. That was there was nothing in that race at all. Uh, not that this is you know the Cox Plate, but it's uh, it, there's far more depth in this than there was in the Newcastle race. Um, I, I, he's got a chance coming this, but I, he's clear favourite in this market. And I, I I couldn't have that. I think uh, well, I'll be backing Williamsburg as long as they're making ground. Uh, I probably have to back Conqueror uh, just because you're dropping off it. There's a bit of SP profile there for it. Tico, if you wanted to dig deep enough, but uh, <laughs> justify our narrative. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, the the M machine off might be <laughs> that's the factor I'm looking at. I reckon on the three links of the ladder land for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll find out the answer tomorrow. But Williamsburg, look, at, at above three to one, I think is a pretty solid play if they're making ground on the wet track. We we had, speaking of off and on, we had a debate on the uh what the other mailbag show. Uh Rachel King off D Oliver on how many lengths over two thousand meters? Gee whiz, that is... I, I went with nine. <laughs> it's for number of Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, she managed to beat me there in Allegron. She managed to lift that to, to victory anyway. Yeah, well, she didn't do anything wrong on that horse last stuff, did she? So, yes. Still. Probably, I don't know about nine lengths. I don't know if it's... <laughs> 2,000 metres. <laughs> Right, we move on to the second race Mark's uh, chosen to have a look at in a bit more depth for tomorrow. It's race six, the flight stakes. Now, I I did up this slide at uh, about quarter past seven this morning and you'll see Fireburn sitting there at 2.15, which was correct at the time. We had taken some money for it and shortened the price, but we have. Uh, if you go, if you check ready, ready about now, uh, you'll find it's about 2.40. Uh, hopefully that's still the case when we go to where. So, that happened to me yesterday as well. Sorry. Yeah, that happened to me as well, yes. Yeah, it, yeah it's a, the markets do jump around a bit. <laughs> Pretty volatile, but 215 up there. But I can tell you we're currently 240. Uh, She's Extreme 7, Zoo Gotcha 350, North Starlass 13, Wolverine 8 and 15, <laughs> or better, the rest drops away pretty sharply. This, Mark, I believe you're with Fireburn. Yeah, look, I think um, this is a, a better race for her than last week, the Golden Rose, where she drew wide and had to go right back, but she still made good ground, probably in the inferior ground there up the inside as well late. So as we roll the tape there, she's back about third last red sleeves and cap. Um, look, she was never going to win the race, but uh, I thought over the concluding stages she, she hit the line quite well. She still didn't look fantastic in the yard before the race. I think this would... Tighten her up nicely. Um, she has won third up in her two preparations. She she won third up in her first preparation, had six weeks off, came back and won third up after that, and she's third up on Saturday. Obviously, she hasn't backed up week to week in the past, but 
I just think back to Phillies getting to 1,600 metres on the track that she likes, wet ground, because that track uh, was only about a dead four last week, maybe a 3.5 to a four. So she's getting back on a preferred surface and uh, I think she's ready to win. Even though she's short, I think that's a good bet. How do we handle Zugotcha? You declared last start, did the job, beat in secret at the start prior. Well, look, the the T-Rose uh, traditionally has been the best lead-up to this race um, and we've got horses coming from the Golden Rose this year, which is a little bit different for the fillies. I just thought they paddled a little bit up the straight there. Their last 400 sectionally was a bit slow um, and I just think that these fillies are a little bit classier than than what she met there the other day. Look, Madame Pomery did run to her header. Uh, she did fight, and I think she will run a mile and she will handle the ground. Look, it, it was a nice win the other day, but I just think Fireburn uh, comes out of a stronger race, personally. No, I would really make a case to back Wolverine rather than Zugotcha at the price out of that race. I was going to yeah. back them out of that race. Yeah, well, she had a check in Patsy, didn't she? And she's been looking for a mile. There's not much of it to look at uh, in the yards, not only on the small side, but having said that, Fireburn's no oil painting either. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she she does, uh, has had that look of uh, flight stakes from that first up run, hasn't she? Yeah, just barrier one might be the problem if it's a complete no-go zone, that won't help Wolverine. But yeah, I've, I've been pretty impressed with how she's been ticking over since she's got to Australia. I have to echo what you said about the T-Row stakes, just figures-wise, it was pretty pretty plain. Um, and, yeah, the Think something like Madame Pomery running up and looking the winner at the 200 uh, does put a bit of a slow on that for me. I think the um, the Golden Rose is the way to go. Just, uh, just slightly concerned from Barrier 9 how far back he'll go to get cover. Uh, he might be really, really conservative and end up last, which might not be an issue. She might be just too good for him, but that just... She, she nearly jumped in front last week, you know, and, she, and he dragged her back. Uh, I I think uh, she might be a bit closer than you think, but I think okay. they'll run well, along there. Pavitra's got blinkers on and has led at its last two, but not yeah, at a fast tempo. Races, but yeah. I think yeah. Dawnstar last, they'll probably put the foot down there too um, okay. and try yeah, and get control. I think she's better when she gets control. So they might run along a little bit. And I thought with the speed map, Zugotcha too, but it's J-Mac. If inside's off, he'll hold off, which will create tempo for one or two yeah. to roll around him. Mm, yeah, good point. Good point. All right, yeah, interesting little race. Uh, Fireburn deserved favourite, in my opinion, and Mark certainly agrees with that, making it one of his best bets. Now, we should have a quick look at least at the Group 1s. Um, the Epsom, it's only a field of 11, unfortunately, not the race it used to be, as we touched on earlier. Uh, Ice Bath has won one of its last 21, I think it is, and uh, on a wet track, um, could be a good thing, in my opinion, for a horse that's one out of 20. That's last 20. This race is like we, we touched on it yesterday because Gab Best was hinged. Right. And I I can't get – I don't not understand how top ranks so <clears throat> short and spruik. But then Shane started waffling shit and made <coughs> me right up. You know, very elegant form, platform, this blah, blah, blah. Is Fangirl not the easiest bet of all time here, just off its SP profile versus Animo? I think that is the worry with Fangirl, though, Dicker. I think the yeah. I think she was much better suited if it was about a dead, but I, I've got slight question marks about her if it's in the heavy range. Okay. Well, that, that's, that eases my mind because it just screamed to me like, great SP profile, voila, first two starts, everyone, oh, this horse guard no good, and then boom. Yeah. Uncle Chris, too good again. What do you 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's the worry. It's well, hinged his favourite now, which uh, surprises me. Surprises me a little, but she certainly wants the wet. Uh, she gets what she wants. But Ostaf loves it, and J-Mac one. Wow, I mean, I know she never wins, but I think she <laughs> she should just just about win this. Top ranked, okay. Good job first up. I, look, I would rather back at the prices. I would rather back cross talk out of that race because it was completely and utterly barbecued up front. The race was put on for top rank. I know he was first up. It was a good, good effort to get the job done, but I reckon that race was put on for top rank and cross talk's handled the wet before and it's on the limit weight. I'd rather, I'd, I'm not tipping it, but I'd rather be on it than top ranked at the price. What did you make of those two, mate? Uh, well, I agree. Top ranked, the two favourites barbecued each other, as you said, O President and Crosstalk. Um, and he beat Purple Sector and Black Dean. They'd be 66 to 1 in this, wouldn't they? Yeah. And he's admittedly he had a lot of weight, but I just, they ran the slowest last 400 of the day. Um, admittedly, he didn't hammer it to the line, but um, yeah, I just think it's short enough. Yeah, I'm with uh, one more time, number five. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she's run fourth up, she's run second in the Doncaster. Should have won this race last year by about seven. <laughs> and her other fourth up run was 13 to Doncaster. If she doesn't win on Saturday, the love affair is totally over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of those will, like, this is J-Mac. Yeah, this is it. This is it. I, the I, this, the line. I can't believe Hinge is shorter than it. Like, no, Hinge I, was four bucks last night. It was five bucks on Wednesday, roughly. Mm. Well, I think they're all looking at the weight factor last time they met, but Hinge did get a soft lead in front there uh, in a very slow tempo, and Ice Bar still finished in front of it. I know there's a three-kilo swing, but Hinge is not going to get the lead there on, on Saturday. You wouldn't think I would assume that uh, Rachel King would lead on, on Crosstalk, and Ellsberg is probably going to go forward as well. So Hinge might take a trail. That might suit it better than the last up. Grandstand is locked, no escalators on. They did set don't even know the meeting's on. Oh, it's a circus, okay. the joint. Uh, but you couldn't get up to watch the races. The, the joint's locked. They do it at Bramwick all the time. <coughs> and it's that you can't even get out there. If you're not in the members, you want to go up the public, up the end near the furlong. The joint's locked all the time. It's it's a circus. Oh, wow. <laughs> like at Sandown, they used to have this, like, because it's a lot more old school. They used to just have this bit of rope. <laughs> <laughs> just say like, because I used to like do the yard and then go bed and run right up the end of the grandstand. Just, also, I just like sitting by myself, you know, and they have a bit of rope, and every now and again you'd hear them. Oh, oh, you just got the earphones in. You know? <laughs> I, I, I used to leave coffee cups up there. They were there for four years. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought finding a seat in your own at Sandown on a Wednesday would be a Huge problem, but it would have been tough on Sunday. Outstanding crowd there, eh? Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful day. That wasn't a bad little meeting, that one. Okay, very quickly, the Metropolitan. Oh, um, help, help me out. Help everyone out who's watching this because this race is confusing. Yeah, look, I don't know. There you go. It's, I, I, I've been, I was with Durston up at Newcastle. Uh, he's going really well. He gets a very heavy track now and loses McDonald's uh, and he's favourite. I suppose he has to be. Uh, at the weights, but did, did you have anything here, Mark? Look, I thought no compromise had a chance here. I thought mm-hmm. um, 
the heavy suits. He's a winner of 2,400 metres. The other day they just out-sprinted him and he was hitting the line again late. Um, So I I thought um, he ran placed it late for age before that behind night's order on a heavy track in New Merion. So I thought he set up quite nicely here. We looked tough race, but uh, I thought a bit of value number six. So what about Oropo? Oropo. Well, he's, uh, he's a good wet tracker and he does drop a lot in weight. Um, he's been carrying 59. He's not a big horse, so I think that drop in weight. But Ladon de V did kill him there at the Sunshine Coast on a heavy track, and mm. it's an interesting preparation for that horse. Hasn't raced for six weeks. Yeah, that that is a positive for that stable. Yeah, it does seem to be, doesn't it? Yeah, like factually. Like they, um, I don't know how or why, but it is. If they back one up in a normal sort of system, not profitable. Big, big space between runs, profitable. Very interesting. And McDonald booked. Yeah, certainly loves the wet. Yeah, I found it a bit confusing, but Mark's given us a little lead at a bit of value. No compromise around the $8.50 mark. So not an official uh, best bet, but I'd certainly be having something on that, something small anyway. And just can't let you go, Mark, without any word on the two-year-olds. Anything caught your eye on races one or two? Oh, they're a pretty average lot, I've got to say. Um the track was bad the day they trialled and was a big bias to the inside, especially early. So might okay. be a uh, might be a watch and learn exercise there, I think. Oh, yard race. Yard race. That's what I was about to say. I think we, this is where Rob Scurry and the Mounting Yard Mail will come into its own if you can't well, find the, anything from the trials for you. Um, the, the favourites in, well, the favourite in the seconds are a very lightly framed type and uh, the the favourite in the first who didn't trial too badly, he's not uh, a robust type either. So they're, um, yeah, I'm, I'm big question mark over the race this year. I love betting in these races. So had a bit of success over the years, but uh, yeah, scratching the head this year. Because they're the best races, aren't they? Like for the, the yard watchers, you know, you sort of have a chat after the second and, oh, yeah, I thought this, I thought that. It's a bloody beautiful thing to do. Yeah, well, I used to love to go into the trials and make notes on them and see if they've improved or gone backwards. So, uh, yeah, as I said, it was profitable for a number of years, but I think this is uh, just a bridge too far this year. And the heavy tracks turn off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're guessing. Physical graffiti, physical graffiti for the Led Zeppelin fans is favourite in race one. We'll see what Rob has to make of it and all the other two-year-olds in races one or two, and it looks like the yard is going to be critical there. All right, that brings it uh, to a close. Thank you very much to Mark and Jack for their time this morning. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube, follow the mailbag on all socials. Do the same for ReadyBet. Do it for punning form. They're on social media too. Uh, and of they're course, just, they're mainly big retweeters, punning form. They're big retweeters. They are big retweeters. Yes, big retweeting operation. I've noticed that. Uh, just to quickly recap Mark's black bookers from the trials, we had the John A. Shape here, Comrade Rosa and Black on Beauty, and his best bets race uh, tomorrow. Uh, sorry, just getting a bit ahead of, ahead of the graphics there. I'll just up the brakes. And, yes, the best bets are race five, number one, Williamsburg, and race six, number one, Fireburn. Thanks again, boys, for your time. I'll do it again next week, and good luck and good punning to everyone this weekend. Great for us, Bath.